Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. And usually on this program, I like to introduce myself and self-aggrandize about what's bugging me currently in the universe. But not tonight, because tonight is a celebration of my favorite month-long holiday, Black History Month. And no offense to Pride Month, but let's be honest, it is a little gay. (laughs) And an entire month of being gay is not half as cool as an entire month of being black. So let's be real, folks. Black History Month is the realest and the trillest holiday on the calendar. As a young culture vulture myself, I've always aspired to be more like the black leaders that have shaped the world I've grown up in. If it wasn't for the hours of Patrice O'Neill's stand-up, I probably wouldn't be able to make you laugh today. And I also wouldn't have the swag you see if it wasn't for the primetime pimpin' of the legend himself, Cat Williams. I have formulated my entire persona based around the pimp culture, which is a culture and lifestyle created by the top G Andrew Tate predecessors like legendary pimps Fillmore Slim and Bishop Don Magic Juan. These famous pimps laid the groundwork for the blimp you see here today. And I'm not the man I am without the influence of black history. So I encourage everyone watching this evening to pay homage and show respect not just to the activists and civil rights pioneers such as Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King Jr., and Malcolm X, but also to the incredible modern-day black men and women that have fought against the victimhood and achieved the highest levels of success, even though we live in a divided and toxic society. So thank you to the pimps and players watching right now, because we all must come together in the chat and the comment section to spread that good vibrational energy so that we can finally achieve a homogeneous society filled with love. And I'm not talking about Pride Month. We must come together and not let the Dilbert sycophants divide us into tribes that hate each other. So tonight I ask you to stand up against hate and show some love for all the black leaders and cultural icons like Beyonce and Rachel Dolezal. But not just because those two black strong females, but all the ones that I didn't mention are the people that deserve our love the most. So spread that good vibrational energy and let's try to make the world a better place. We have an amazing show tonight packed with some of America's most powerful black voices. We have Brian Sharp, also known as Hotep Jesus on the program to let the people know what's up. And I need to thank him for making me the 2022 Grifter of the year. We also have on legendary activist and advisor to Donald Trump, Angela Stanton King. She may be called King, but she is a true queen. And you know, Primetime 99 is going to keep the party going because we have two of Twitter's most powerful black voices in Malcolm Flex as well as Dom Lucrae. Both of these guys are waking people up using Twitter like a weapon against the BLM status quo and inspiring not only the black community, but all communities to take notice to the terrible injustices we are facing from the government and media every day. And I can't wait for the sparks that are about to fly tonight. So stay tuned because we honor the great black leaders that laid the foundation in which we currently stand on. Let's start the show. Welcome to Primetime with Alan Stein. I'm your host, Alejandro Stein. And tonight's a very special evening because it's one of my favorite months. And sadly, it's the end of my favorite month. Black History Month. And listen, we can sit here and we can complain. Why is Black History Month the shortest month? I should, I think it should be the longest month, personally. Because for me, I think it's the most influential month. Listen, I said it and I said it in the monologue. I'm a culture vulture. If it wasn't for black culture, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. And I know there are going to be some conservatives that watch this show tonight. They're going to say, whoa, uh, they're going to be like Dilbert. We want you to, we want to be all trapped. We want to be separated. No, dog. We ain't laundry. We don't need to be separated. We got to come together, dog. We got to figure out a way to, to spread that good vibrational energy. I talk about it all the time. But I'm saying if we stay in a low vibrational state, being separated and try to alienate ourselves from one another, we will never spread love. That's why we got to vibrate at a higher level. And we have to judge people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And that's why we have incredible black voices that are coming on the program tonight to talk about how they've been censored for speaking out against the status quo of being a quote unquote black conservative. And really and truly, we're going to talk to people tonight that are conservative, libertarian, that have all different types of political ideologies. But what they try to do is they try to put people in a box based on color. And that 
in essence, is racist. So the people that cry racism the most oftentimes are the people that are most racist. And I know that sounds insane, but if you really look at a lot of the racism that happens in our country, a lot of it is fake. I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but I'm saying you'll see a lot of times where somebody will spray paint a swastika or spray paint the N-word, and really and truly, they were doing it themselves in a false flag attack to try to create attention because there's not enough racism to go around. And I know that sounds insane for somebody that's probably been persecuted or been unfairly searched by the cops or had a situation where they were judged unfairly by the color of their skin. But tonight, we lift up the voices that are most marginalized. We lift up the people that are willing to speak out against the status quo. And that's why every single guest that we have tonight, they ain't afraid to say it. And they talk the talk and they walk the walk. And that's why tonight is going to be such a lovely evening. But before we get on to the festivities of all our incredible guests, I, I just noticed something that I think is a little peculiar. Mom, are you there? Yes, honey, I'm here. Mom, I noticed that you got a new mask. Can you explain if you're uh, the transhumanist digital reincarnation of my mother, how are you going to catch COVID in the metaverse? Well, uh, here's the thing. You can never be too safe. And unfortunately, it looks like the video of my mask is not working. So let's just go on to another topic. It's okay, Mom. We're going to see your mask later tonight. So listen, just because the audience doesn't see it right now doesn't mean they won't see your beautiful mask later. But tonight we have an incredible show. You know, it's Black History Month. It's yes, my favorite. Yes, Alex. And I have to tell you, even if your guest says it, you cannot say the N-word. You're not allowed. Well, of course not, Mom. I would, I've never said that word in my life. I heard a rapper say it one time, and I turned it off. You know, we only listen to Bryson Gray. That's the only rapper that we can listen to, and he doesn't say that. So, listen, Mom, I'm not going to say the N-word. I'm going to, you know, be very respectful, and I'm going to celebrate and lift up black voices. So, is there anything else you want to say before we start the show, Mom? No, I'm just looking out for you. Oh, there I am! Oh, there's your new mask, Mom! Look at your mask! Look at your mask right here! She's COVID safe. You can't see it, but you'll see it later. I love you, Mom. I'll just kiss your mask a little. All right, I'll see you later. I love you too. Hotep is waiting on you. All right, well, let's bring him on. Next, we have an incredible guest. You might have seen him on Joe Rogan's show a million times. You might have seen him, you know, on his own channel. You might have seen him all over the internet. But the next guy, I want to thank personally for what he created. He created the greatest award show in award show history, in my opinion. Our next guest, Brian Sharp, also known as Hotep Jesus, is the creator of the Grifties, which I was lucky enough to be the 2022 Grifter of the Year. So I'm bringing on Hotep to tell him thank you and get his opinion on what makes Black History Month so special. So Hotep, are you there, my friend? Welcome to the program. What's happening, bro? Okay, Hotep, it's such a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me on. So tell me, Black History Month, or, you know, did you see that the viral video where they asked a little white kid, they said, what's better, Black History Month or baseball? And he said baseball, and it went so viral. So that's my question to you. What's more important, Black History Month or baseball, Hotep? I'm jaded on this one, man. You know, I, um, you know, for me personally, I hate Black History Month. Um, it's... It's been controlled by the left. It's um, breeding a sense of victim mentality. Uh, it's to me, it's really white history month because uh, a majority of the times all we do is sit around and we talk about uh, all the negative things black people have done to uh, white people, even though it's really the, the white aristocracy. Um, so, you know, for me, it's it's uh, personally, it's unimportant. I think for other people it may be important because, you know, they might not know who, you know, invented the uh, street lights or whatever, you know, contributions black Americans have made to this country. Uh, but it, it, today it's used to uh, divide people. Uh, growing up, it's been about, you know, it's basically, you know, uh, what has the white man done to the black man? It, it, it's to me, it's just white history month. Wow. No, and that's really deep, Hotep. And I really want to, like I said, you always have a really good viewpoint, a good opinion, and I respect it. But they call you a black white supremacist. So how do you break that? I mean, seriously, how you? it's funny how you call Black History Month White History Month, and they call you a black white supremacist. So, I mean, you know, what is real? What's fake? <laughs> uh, uh, well, the funny thing is the far left calls me a black white supremacist. And the far right 
calls me a black supremacist. Um, so, you know, it, it tells me I'm doing something right because neither side can really uh, pin me down. Uh, there's a lot of nuance to these conversations, you know, just like Black History Month. There's a lot of nuance in the conversation. There's some good that comes from Black History Month and there's some bad. But I think the fact that, you know, white liberals, the Democratic Party control it, uh, the fact that it's not controlled by HOTEPs, you know, if HOTEPs controlled it, it'd be very empowering. You know, we wouldn't be looking at slavery. We'd look at, we'd look at real contributions. I mean, think about people like uh, the people that have been exempt. Ben Carson, he's completely exempt from being celebrated uh, for Black mm -hmm. History Month. Thomas Sowell, completely exempt from being celebrated for Black History Month. Uh, and Dr. Walter E. Williams. Dr. Walter E. Williams is one of the greatest researchers of our time. Thomas Sowell, same thing. How are these two names completely exempt from the history books for black people? It's absolutely absurd. And it's mostly because it's they're, they're, they're uh, anti-socialist. They're anti-communist. And uh, for Thomas Sowell, you know, somebody who started out as a socialist and became a capitalist or a conservative, it's eye opening. Uh, but again, it, it just goes to show you who's really in control here. No. And, and I, really, I saw your tweet earlier today. And I, and I think that, like, even though Scott Adams got canceled for it and, you know, whether that was fair or not. But, you know, his message and I think his message was a little dumb. And I'm not saying that he's a dumb person, but I don't think that's we should just run away from our problems. So, I, I you know, your tweet was very powerful. You're being very powerful. And I know, Hotep, you have a funny side tonight. I really appreciate your serious side. Um, but but what, I, what I'm saying, how do we solve this problem? You know, because uh, I personally don't have an issue with black people. I don't know if Scott Adams, I don't want to speak for him, but I don't think running away and becoming a tribe fixes the problem. So what do you think is, and I know you don't have all the answers, but what do you think is the best solution to the problem that he's talking about? Uh, more white women for black men. Okay. I like that. Why not? I mean, I mean specifically the right heads. <laughs> listen, I, no, no, but, but on, on a serious note though, it, the left is super racist, and then the right is super racist. And this is why, and I'm not saying everybody on the right is racist. I'm not saying, yeah. this is why, Hotep, I shared a picture in front of Martin Luther King's statue in Washington, D.C. It's a beautiful statue. Everybody mm. on the right, he's a socialist, he's the CIA, he's this. It's like, listen, why, why, can't we just, why can't we just share a picture and say, hey, he did more good than bad? Not that I don't think Martin Luther King did bad. I'm just saying, why, why are these people, why do they have to rain on every parade? So why is the right that we try to say is so forgiving? They're racist, and the far left is racist. So I'm I mean, racism yeah. obviously exists, but why is it in that spectrum? Do you think the majority fits in the middle? I think the majority fits in the middle. The thing is, nuance has been removed from all conversations. You're not allowed to really get into the details. There are uh, very hardline stances. There are talking points. And frankly, um, a lot of it is controlled. Like these reactions are controlled. Many of it is um, artificial accounts, burner accounts, bots, mm -hmm. um, left-wing people posing as right-wing people, right-wing people posing as left-wing people. So when you say something, sometimes it's not actually a true representation of people's opinions. These are like burner accounts. They could be Chinese accounts. Yeah, bots. We don't know who these A not, yeah, just bots. We don't know who these, who, who's, whose farm is creating these accounts and trying to influence, um, uh, American political opinion. But the fact of the matter is you either go hard left or hard right and being in the middle is boring. And also being in the, mil in the middle is, is sometimes confusing, especially when we have elections coming up. Being in the middle, they're like, well, are you on our side or are you on their side? And that becomes very scary for them because they're like, we don't know if we can support you or not. You know, are you voting for Trump or are you voting for Biden? And it's like you can have these conversations without them being technically political. When you talk about socialism and communism, these are really economic conversations. And uh, socialists, I think they um, understand the problem. They diagnose the disease very well, but their solutions to the problem are absolutely ridiculous. So you need a little mix of both. You need the socialists to take a look at the problem. You need capitalists to come up with a solution for the problem. But again, if I, if I were to say that, that's a very unpopular thing to say. Like, wait, what? Socialists? You, you're not allowed to say socialists did anything right. Marx got a lot right. He's a complete moron and an idiot yeah. when it came to solutions. He was commissioned to write that materials, and I think he had a ghostwriter. Um, but at the end of the day, um, he got a lot right. Communism gets a lot right, but their solutions and their outlook on things are completely warped. 
if you look at uh, the implementation of communist policies, they've murdered millions of people and they made uh, Hitler look like a, a, a saint <laughs> in comparison. Stalin was a, a mass murderer. Lenin, mass murderer. If you look at those, those at their regimes um, and Hitler just as bad, you know, he started the Nazi Socialist Party, the National Workers Socialist Party. So socialism, ah, you know, just doesn't really work. But again, nuance, nuance has been completely removed from these conversations and everything is just not black and white. Some things are gray. Yeah. I mean, Hotep, you really said that beautifully. And, and I'll be honest, I think, you know, I'm, I'm in the bail bond business. I do believe that our criminal justice system is unfairly skewed to go after marginalized people, especially black people, African-Americans, even, you know, immigrants. All, all. So, so I do believe we actually have a, a criminal justice system that's based a lot on going after the people that are most vulnerable and oftentimes, you know, that's black people. So that's why it's really, I, I do like look at situations like this, you know, I'm anti-government. I'm anti, I, I, you know, I don't like it from the top down. I would like to cancel the whole thing. But this is, this is my question to you though, Hotep. How do you rise? You said this earlier. How do you not be a victim? Because everybody has an excuse to be a victim. I would say marginalized black people have an even a bigger excuse and a nice white woman born with an affluent neighborhood. But I'm saying even that white woman has something that could make her be a victim. So how do you rise above that? Because I noticed that victimhood is like a cancer. It spreads. Everybody, oh, I'm a victim, so I'm a, vi I'm a bigger victim. I'm a bigger victim. Now it becomes the victim Olympics. So how did you rise above that? You said, oh, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to go get on Joe Rogan show. I'm going to make content. I'm going to entertain hundreds of thousands of people every single day. You probably have that influence daily. So millions and millions extrapolate that. I'm saying, what told you? said, I'm not going to be a victim anymore, and I'm not going to let some excuse be the reason why I didn't become successful. Well, the, the one thing about being a victim is you're basically waving a flag, which is an invitation for parasites. <laughs> when you're a victim, it's somebody's going to come along and take advantage of you. They're either going to be um, they're either going to pose as friend or they're going to be a foe. Sometimes they pose as your friend and then they work as a spy. You see this with the Democratic community, uh, Democratic community. They come along uh, around black folks. They say, oh, you have this problem. We're going to help you solve it. And all they do is make things worse. So personally, for me, how did I escape this? It was a moment of empowerment. You know, basically, what I said was to myself, everything in my life that I like or don't like is my fault. And from that moment on, everything completely changed. Because prior to what you can do is you can deflect and say, oh, it's the government's fault. It's the white man's fault. It's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. Nobody gave me this. Nobody gave me that. But really what you're doing is you're giving everybody else your power. You're relinquishing your power and you're giving it away, which means you don't have any power. And the last thing a man wants to be is a powerless person. Nobody should want to be a powerless person. But once you take all of that responsibility Along with responsibility comes power. And I always wanted to be a powerful person. So I said, I have to take responsibility and accountability for the good and the bad in my life. And everything completely transformed because then on every single decision was on me and nobody else mattered in that decision. You know, the government didn't matter. White people didn't matter. I mean, at one point I had a strong disdain for white people and I walked out the side one day. And I saw a white person. I got really angry. Just the sight of him made me angry. Wow. And um, I asked myself, I said, does that person feel what you're feeling right now? Because the temperature of my body rose. And I was like, they don't feel a thing. They got a smile on their face. They're walking to the store. They don't even know I'm angry. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment I realized, like, I'm hurting myself by having this, this anger and this hate towards people. So then on, I said, I'm going to learn how to love and think in love. And then my life started to transform. And I just look at each person as an individual based upon the merit of their actions. Wow. And I'm not just kissing your butt. That's deep. That was very eloquent, very well put. No, Hotep, that was awesome. I mean, that's why you are such a powerful voice. And that's why uh, so many people want to hear from you. Okay, I got to let you go. But before you go, when are you going to be in town? You're going to be in town in a month or two. Is that correct? I, yeah, I think in a month or two, I'm going to come down there. We're going to wild out. We're going to freestyle. We're going to crack jokes. We have a good time. All day long. Make sure to go follow Hotep. We have his links in the description. Go give him your support. Thank you so much for making me the grifter of the year. I can't tell you yes, how sir. much I appreciate the support. And like I said, anytime you're in the studio, you come and get shit right here. You have a spot on the blimp whenever you want. You got All right. it. All right, Hotep. Talk to you later. Talk to you. All right, guys. That was Hotep Jesus, also known as Brian Sharp. And Hotep, 
you heard of what he said about the victimhood mentality. It's beautiful. I couldn't even say that better. It's like when you hold all that hate inside of you, that's all you share, right? It's like um, they're saying that if you don't love yourself, you can't love other people because you can't share from an empty cup, right? That's what you say. Like if you don't love yourself, how can you love another person? And that's similar to hate. You know, if you just fill up with all this hate, you're going to hate people unfairly. So we shouldn't hold in hate. We should not hold in hate. That's all I'm trying to get across with tonight. we got to raise our vibrational energy level. And we can always say, oh, I, I didn't succeed because of this person or that person. No, you didn't succeed because you didn't put in the time and effort to succeed. It's all on you, dog. You, the man or woman in the mirror. All right, guys, you know we got to pay the bills. And you know 2022 was the worst year for the stock market since 2008. What does 2023 hold? And do you really want all your eggs in that basket? Get diversified in your assets, and you can do that at bullionmax.com slash Alex. At bullionmax.com slash Alex, you can buy physical gold and silver bars and coins, and they'll ship them directly to your home fully insured. There you can store them in your safe for a time you might really need it. You have a fire extinguisher at your house that are easy to reach to prevent your house from burning down. You hope you never have to use one. But you'll sure be grateful you'll have one if the worst should happen. What if your financial house burns down? If paper money becomes worthless? If the stock market completely collapses? Wouldn't it be nice to have something for the emergencies? Start building your reserve at bullionmax.com alex. They put together a silver starter kit just for you. Listen to this. You're going to get a solid one-ounce silver American Eagle, a buffalo round, even an Australian silver kangaroo. This is the best way to get started with diversifying your savings. Go to bullionmax.com slash Alex today. We got the bills paid. Now we can move on. And honestly, guys, listen, uh, this fiat system that we have, money at any moment could become worthless, and that's not a commercial for Bullion Max, I'm just saying that's a commercial for life, dog. So you better freaking not just diversify your funds, but you might want to prep your bathroom, your kitchen, whatever, with a few beans, extra toilet paper. And because, listen, people at Walmart are literally fighting each other for toilet paper. So you got to be prepared with not just money, but supplies. But now we get back to the celebration of black history. We welcome on a musician, a veteran, a philanthropist, and one of the best political commentators on all of Twitter, the one, the only, Dom Lucre. Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein, my friend. I think we're on mute. I think you muted yourself. We got to unmute you. It's a live show, Dom. It's okay. I'm Prime Time 99. Uh, did you hit that mute button? I can hear you. I see your lips moving, but we don't hear you yet. We, hey, look, guys, this is a live show. Oh, the people, that was not live. No, we're live. We're live. I think I think uh, Dom forgot to uh, unmute himself, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm here trying to host a show. I'm not a technical expert, and you guys know that I have debilitating uh, mental health issues, so you know that I barely know how to work a computer. So if I go over I'm there and start hitting the buttons, it's probably not going to work. Uh, it, and uh, do we have Dom on there? No, it looks like we don't. Uh, I see yeah, Dom. I see Dom. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, Dom. Okay, but scoot to All your right. right a little so I can get, see you in the shot. Okay, there he is. Right. Dom Cray. This guy, I'm telling hi, you, hi. for the people that are playing at home that don't know Dom, his Twitter account is absolutely insane. Everybody needs to go follow Dom. So welcome to the show, Dom. And I, I want to ask your opinion. Thank you. Is Black History Month Ooh. racist or does it celebrate Black History? Um, I think originally... It wasn't racist. No, it it wasn't used as a political ploy. But to me, it's more so a Republican month because it was introduced by Carter G. Wilson, which was Republican. And years after his death, it led to Black History Month being created. Also, you got things like Reagan that uh, signed MLK Day into law. So the whole month pretty much encompasses Republican history. Wow. And Dom, I really love the, the exposing you do. You expose both sides on Twitter. So tell me this, though. Do you think that obviously we know that the left uses black people for political clout? And I, I hate to call out the right on my show, but I think the right does that, too. I think that people they try to say people on the right are racist. I don't think so. I think people on the right want to um, lift up black people, but sometimes not genuinely, sometimes just for clout. So do you think that do you see that on both sides using black people for political gain? Mm, for political gain? It's a really, it's a good question. I don't think they do it as much as liberals 
Yeah. No, not at all. No, I would think I would say the conservative party focuses on using white people for political gain. Oh, I see. Okay. Currently, more than maybe if it was uh, the conservative party in the past, but right now I would think it. Would, I would say white people more so than black. Now the liberal party definitely completely panders to uh, black people, use them for political gain in every way. Well, Dom, in one of your tweets is talking about how people don't realize is that the Democrats were actually started the KKK. So will you give people a little bit, uh, I mean, black history on the Democratic Party? Well, yeah, they formed the KKK. Uh, the Republican Party was originally started to fight and counteract with racism. And they started the KKK to combat the Republican Party and their policies. So once we were able to abolish um, slavery and racism, they introduced the KKK to intimidate Republican candidates and Republican uh, just supporters in general that was against segregation. We've seen in Wilmington, if I could, I could actually find a specific date, I'll post them up, but we saw in Wilmington, North Carolina, I believe it was, which date, like 1879, they killed 12 people specifically, 12 of them were white, three of them were black, and injured about four more. And it was a coup. This actually was a term of the black devil coin, where the term was coined black devil. And they used this entire scenario to run the Republican out of town that won the rightful election. And they installed a Democrat. And they did it by utilizing the KKK. It's their entire origins was just to intimidate and push Democrat, well, Republicans out and to kind of force and intoxicate black people to vote Democrat. And we see that today. They might not be wearing robes per se. But they have the media to do the same thing, to intimidate black people into not speaking for truth. Well, Dom, what gave you the courage to speak out against the status quo? Because you know this as a, a black man. And, and not only this, uh, you're a philanthropist that does an incredible job in the community. And we're going to pull up some of the work that you've done. But I'm saying, how did you get the courage, not that you're not a courageous person, but to speak out against what everybody, you know, the status quo, that all black people are supposed to be liberal or they're all supposed to be quote-unquote Democrat, what gave you the courage to say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to follow that trend? Well, I've always been conservative. I started when I was six years old. My mom was conservative. And my dad was conservative. They were happily married till she passed in 2009. However, I was in hip-hop for a long time. I was actually an executive. I've never done music, but I was an executive for IVOS Records. I was the vice president of it. I decided to start speaking out, actually, from the election in 2020. It was just, I, I watched the election myself. And I was like quietly, you know, supporting the Republican Party because I know it was against the narrative of hip hop at the time. And I just remember watching those votes shift up. I mean, I was watching the whole thing live. Yeah. And just watching, I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget. I'll never forget just watching it. Um, it's just the whole scenario that felt wrong to me. I spoke out against it. And that's all it took. I just said, where's well, Rudy Giuliani when we need him? And huh. I was counseled. Well, well, we want to say for the YouTube people watching, Dom, that this was the most accurate and fair election of all time and that Joe Biden was much more popular with the black community than Barack Obama ever was. So what do you think about that, that they have to tell us that Joe Biden is more popular with black people than Barack Obama? Is that insane to believe that, Dom? Yeah, it's pretty insane. And social proof pretty much speaks for it. Look at Obama when he look at any of his social media profiles. Look at the black engagement there. If black people truly voted for him, we would see that in social proof. They would be at his rallies. They would have Joe Biden t-shirts. I saw Yes We Can t-shirts. I saw Obama at every flea market. Yeah. There's real social interaction. You don't see black people with... They'll, they'll criticize Trump supporters for wearing a MAGA hat. I've yet to see any Joe Biden... Uh, Type of gear in real life. No merch, Dom. I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen Biden merch yeah. in real life. And like, I know, I know, Trump supporters can, you know, make wear it more than more people. But let's all be honest. When Obama was in, we did see Obama merch at least. Yeah. It, it felt natural. It felt very natural. And I just don't see that with uh, Joe Biden and the black community. What, do you think Obama actually cared about the black community? And I don't want to throw him under the bus, but, you know, he spent eight years. And, and when I talked to my black friends, they said all people got was basically a free cell phone in those eight years and that they didn't feel like uh, that, that he helped them. No, I don't think he cared. No, I think he cared more about the LGBTQ community than he did the black community specifically. Well, what about this? What about the rumor that Michelle Obama's a boy? Do you like that rumor, Dom? I love that rumor. It's probably my favorite rumor. It's, I would say it's pretty funny. Yeah, I laugh about it. <laughs> I laugh at it a lot. I think it's it's pretty interesting. That's a rabbit hole. Do you think Michelle could win the presidency, Dom? 
If she ran against someone other than Trump, yeah. You do think so? Okay, so so you okay? Well, let's before we let you go because we got to let you go here in about a, two minutes. I'm saying it, when you forecast 2024, personally, I don't think they're going to run Joe Biden again. I think they'll come up with some yeah. sort of you know reason to make it where he's ineligible. So who do you foresee is going to run, and who do you think will win in 2024? Trump run, Trump win. I don't see anyone beating him. Well, what if they do the same thing and we have the most fair, perfect election again? The difference being is the quote-unquote silent majority is requesting it. So no matter how powerful the elites might appear to be, when majority of the nation is demanding one thing, they will follow suit. Wow. He didn't have that last time, but he has it now. Wow, Dom. See, you really, you're like a cold, calculated killer. When I talk to you, you got all the facts. You know all about the history. And your Twitter thread, I'm telling you guys, Dom's Twitter is the best Twitter thread when it comes to information because you also use comedy and sarcasm as a tool. And I know that triggers people on the left. So real quick, I know you're blowing up. You have hundreds of thousands of followers. You're a big deal, this and that. But what do you see for the future? No. Well, I'm saying, what is what is the future for Dom Lucre? How do we break the system? And and you're going to get censored. You're going to get shut down. You're going to get called a white, black supremacist. So what is the future and what do you kind of envision in stopping that? And what do you see for yourself? Well, I hope to hurry up with that because when they do that, you know, I get even more followers. So I'm going <laughs> to ask earlier today if they could please hurry up with exposing and just push me out because I need to do this because that's my target audience. If you're slandering me to black people, well, I'm trying to convert black people. So please hurry up and bring them over to me. I, I, I change about 25 of them a day. They can't really call me the things that they call regular, I guess, conservatives, whatever the terms they try to call me, because I was accepted when I was in hip hop and I got proof of that. I still go to the places that we quote unquote don't go to. I have a long history of giving back to specifically black people. And homeless anyone people. Anyone in the comments. I'm yeah. saying, it's so just, just you helping repair homeless people's credit, which is the biggest thing possible. I mean, I'm just saying you are actually out there fighting in the trenches. And I know some people now that you're blowing up, they want to call you out or this and that. But I really liked your video, yeah. shutting him down. And there's a video on his Twitter feed shows all of the, the not just political activism, but community activism, helping out people that were struggling. So, Tom, I want to say thank you for that. I want to help you, you and give you a platform anytime you're going to come on my show. And, I, and also, what I want to do is, is, well, create more content, but I want to try to get more people to watch your Twitter or look at your Twitter. I know there's more to you than your Twitter, but that's what everybody here, go follow him because it will wake <laughs> you up. And that's what I try to do. I don't really want somebody to political, uh, politically you know, align with me on everything, but I want people mm -hmm. to ask questions, and that's what you do. Your Twitter threads, you start getting on these rabbit hole of questions, and I, I think that it's undefeated when it comes to Twitter content, in my opinion. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really do. I don't I understand the position behind it because you have a lot of people that's in the left that's trying to give me as misinformation. So I never close my Twitter threads with making any announcement on anything on my own disposition. I always end it in questions because it let people make the choice. If I was supposed to be an independent journalist, you make the answer. But if you have the facts in front of you, you know, that's for you to do. It's not for me to make that answer for you. And they just hate that because they can't say I'm pushing misinformation. I don't state anything. I always say in my threads, accusation, allegedly. I use these words specifically. They can't pin it on. And everything is cited. Every photo is cited. Everything that I ever reference is cited within it. And, you know, they just can't keep labeling the right with misinformation anymore. We're in a new era. No, you're incredible fighting that. Okay, last question before I let you go, and I'm asking everybody this tonight. Everybody has an excuse to be a victim. How did you choose not to be a victim and overcome that and become successful, in your opinion, Dom? It took a lot of just looking at my environment, really, and seeing the type of people that would give me complaints. Mm -hmm. I would base on where they are and where I want to be. So if they aren't living up to the standards that I set for myself, it doesn't really matter on their outlook of life. If they say that they're victimized because of a white man, I look at their choices and it completely contradict what they're stating. M majority of people I met, they put themselves there. I did. I started noticing that at like 15 years old. I've been working, you know, and pretty established since about the age of 15. So I never really had a victim mentality. And but to people that might have it, it's not that hard to break it, really. You just have to think, what of your parents and those before you, what's the highest peak that they ever reached? If they didn't reach where you had dreams as a child, that's probably why you don't dream that way as an adult. 
we lose our dreams as a child because we become our parents. You have to break out from that. Wow, Dom, dropping the freaking truth bombs tonight. Well, man, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. You can come on anytime and uh, keep up the good work, not just on Twitter and on the Internet, but the work that you're doing in the community, helping out the homeless, helping out not just black people, white people, people of all colors, creeds and races. So thank you again, my friend. And uh, I'll talk to you again, Dom. Have a good one. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Dude, it's Thanks. an honor to talk to you. All right, Dom, talk to you soon. All right, guys, listen, we're hearing from incredibly well-spoken, articulate, strong black voices this evening, and they're telling us the truth about what's going on in the world and how we should not be a victim. I love it. I love that message. I hate the idea of being a victim. I mean, I'm not saying that my life is some hard, you know, life. I mean, I've had hard stuff, but I just hate the idea of quitting. Quitters never win and winners never quit. So as soon as you say, well, I'm a victim, you have that quitter's mindset. No quitting. No quitting. It ain't quitting time. But you know what it is? It is merch time. So if you want to get some of the most pimp merch, make sure to go to pimpontheblimpshop.com. We got the best shirts, sweaters, hats, mugs, stickers, you name it. We got to tell everybody you know that you love Big Booty Latinas when you buy the I Love Big Booty Latina shirt. So please, for the love of God, I know my voice is annoying. I'm trying to get your attention. Buy a t-shirt because Glenn Beck is literally going to fire me. I, I, I'm catching the set on fire. Half the staff doesn't want to work with me. I've actually broken two commodes already. I didn't realize that some of my defecations, they only have a three-gallon flush here. I'm used to a six-gallon custom-made toilet in my house. So I'm breaking the plumbing here. I'm, I'm causing all kinds of issues with the staff. The, you, I, I drank a month's worth of Diet Dr. Pepper in one week, all right? So things aren't going great for me here at The Blaze. I got this brilliant show, beautiful set. A lot of people are happy about it, but I'm in deep doo-doo if you guys do not support. So please, go buy a shirt. Send me a picture. Tweet me a picture of you in the shirt. I will share that picture. I will tweet that picture, and I will tell you how much I love you, and I appreciate you for helping me keep my job here at the place. It's a beautiful place. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to get fired. No. All right, guys, back to the program at hand. We don't have to sell a bunch of stuff, but we welcome on our next guest. She's one of the leading voices in criminal justice reform. She did serve two, two short years in prison, but she was pardoned by President Donald Trump, and he actually contacts her for advice she's a personal friend of mine she's an incredible person in the movement and she's you know like i said a she goes by king but she's a true queen angela welcome to the show my friend hi alex how are you it's an honor to be on the show with you today you are most certainly the funniest guy in show business right now oh shut up angela you're funny okay but you know you know who we had a fight you know who we have to talk about personal stuff right now you're 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 and i's best friend uh, charleston white you know he goes yeah i know we're not going to talk crap about him but everybody loves charleston you know you and i both know he's a comedian so i became friends with him and one time you're going to come on the own show then he came on so i had him on the show angela now anytime i want to talk to charleston white three thousand dollars and i'm not complaining that's what he tries to charge me so so that's why you said i'm the funniest i think charleston white is probably the funniest comedian charleston right now white, it's your friend charleston white is not my friend i have begged people to keep charleston <laughs> white away from the conservative <laughs> movement he is a troublemaker and when we're in this fight it's not all about money sometimes you got to get out there and you got to do the work we're trying to save our country we're trying to save our children the money should be the last thing on your mind we can't survive without it but some things are bigger than money no, you're right. And, and Angela, you do such great work. You're fearless. You, you, you've been to the upper echelons. I mean, literally, Trump it considers you a friend. So, Angela, how do we win this culture war? I'm saying you're at the top of the you're at the top of it, but you're fighting every day. You're struggling to, to, to wake people up. You know, Trump has created new laws because of, of the you know, I don't want to speak for you, but you actually had a baby while you're delivering a baby. Angela, you were handcuffed to a bed. Is that correct? That is correct. And President Trump, that's my president. Not only did he pass the First Step Act, but he also made it illegal for women to chain the bed, be chained to the bed during childbirth because of my story. And then he gave me a full and unconditional pardon. And guess what? On March 24th, Auntie Angie's, we're opening up. We're a pregnancy home right here in Atlanta. It's a solution to the black maternal health crisis. And we're doing our part as pro-lifers. You know how they always say, you don't care about the baby after it's born. Well, guess what? Yes, we do. 
And this is how we win the culture war. We get out in the community and we actually do the work. You know, it's one thing to see us on YouTube and to see us always complaining and talking about what's going on in the community. But my hat's off to you. My hat's off to people like me because we actually go to the community to be the difference that we want to see. And that's what it's all about. Angela, I'm not even saying this. I have chills. I'm just so happy you're helping all those babies. And especially, so tell me this, you know, people don't realize this, that actually abortion created by Margaret Sanger was actually created to kill young black children. It was a part of what they call, uh, uh, I mean, it was it was literally uh, um, a, a way of genociding a, a whole, a, you know, future that's, excuse me, eugenics is the word I was talking to. But I'm saying it was literally a eugenics movement to kill young black children. And now it's been a, this weird culture war where people say, oh, it's it's women's rights to have an abortion. What about the baby's rights? So tell me, why are you so... Yeah, no, Angela, please, that's... I'm just, know, I love you so you much for what, saving those babies. You know, you know what shocks me is people say we're fighting for women's rights. What type of women's rights exterminate the women of tomorrow? Don't you have to be born to become a woman? Like at some point, we have to use our common sense. And you're absolutely right. Everybody talks about giving women a choice. Well, you're not giving women a choice if the only thing that we have in our communities is Planned Parenthood. There's a Planned Parenthood in black communities across this nation. But how many of these communities have life resources or pregnancy homes? That's what Auntie Angie is all about. I'm praying that God makes this vision so huge that we'll be just like McDonald's and Burger King. Every time you see a Planned Parenthood, you'll see an Auntie Angie's and we actually will be giving women a choice because I remember my own story and thank God for my godmother, Alveda King, stepping in my life when she did. Sometimes when women are faced with these decisions, they just need a little bit of help, you know, just a little bit. And I want to be that change. I want to help women just like she helped me and to this day, God has used me to save 71 babies, but it's more to it than just saving the babies because not only are we saving lives, but we're changing lives by investing in these young mothers with entrepreneurship training, parental school skills, job placement, educational training. We're actually in the community doing our part to change and save lives. And it's to friends like you, Alex, and so many people that I have in the conservative movement that constantly support me, that bring me on the show so I can tell them about these initiatives. Because like you said before about your friend Charleston White, <laughs> although I'm not demanding money, but we do need support to keep these programs going and active. Wow, I'm just telling you, Angela, I mean, I just I see you and the work you're doing and, and, and I know, People might not realize how incredible of a mother you are. I mean, you had an incredible story, but tell, and I know you don't want to tell all your personal information, but tell everybody how successful your daughter is. She's way more successful oh, than you and I. God. You know, it's just so amazing that the same baby that I was told to abort, the same baby that I was told wouldn't have a chance in hell of growing up to be anything decent, won the Harvard International Debate Championship yep. and got a number one full ride to all of the Ivy League schools in the country. She <laughs> settled at MIT. And you know, that just goes to show you how God can take an ugly situation and turn it into something so beautiful. I had no idea that 18 years ago when I was laying in that prison cell, you know, giving birth to my daughter, that 15 years later, I will be sitting in front of a United States sitting president President Donald J. Trump sharing my story, that he would be so moved with and filled with compassion for my story, that not only would he pass the First Step Act, but that he would make it illegal. But I hope that I'm paying it forward as he sees that that, that pardon and the work that he's done is not in vain. We're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to change lives. We're going to continue to invest in our community. And this is how we change the culture, because people are tired of hearing us they want to see what we're doing, and this is what we're doing. Well, gosh, I love you, Angela. I know I just keep saying that, but but you saving all of those young babies, that's the real fight, is fighting for the ones that can't fight for themselves. Those babies can't fight for themselves, but luckily they have a badass like yourself fighting for them. So just saving one life, well, who knows that one baby can create some sort of, you know, whole new wave of anti-abortion, you know, Planned Parenthood. Like you said, you, you know, uh, uh, Auntie Angie's is going to be bigger than freaking Planned Parenthood. So tell the people, where can they support you? How can they help you the most? Uh, and so, you know, I, I want to give you your time because I just really want to encourage everybody. If you go and help Angela, 
She's going to pay it forward. You're not going to help some influencer so they can go on a, a you know weekend vacation or something. Angela's out there on the grind every single weekend that she's free. She's speaking at some conference. She's doing some event. Like she is hustling. Uh, she's a hustler's hustler, and that's why we need to put our support behind her because she will actually make a change. So tell them how we how can we help you, Angela? Everybody, you can go to AuntieAngie'sHouse.com and get all of our information. You know, the beginning of the year, our Beacon Home, which was located in the historic King District, right across from Senator Warnock's church, was mysteriously burned down. It was a nine-bedroom, nine-bath. We're in the process of raising funds to rebuild that property. But in the interim, we have a temporary location where we are housing women in need and facing a crisis. Our grand opening is March the 24th. We have four beds open immediately. There are so many ways you guys can help us. You guys can help us, of course, by paying a monthly subscription of five or $10 just to help with the women. We've got an Amazon wish list. Some of you can become aunties. And Alice, I'm hoping that you will be an uncle, right? To I would. Yes. I want you to come to the grand opening. I know, March 24th. Now I got to go. Now I think I have to go. I don't have a choice. So listen, we're going to help Auntie Angie. Everybody go there, support Angela. I'm going to have you on the show. Like I said, anytime you want to come on the show, you have an open invitation. Because, I mean, obviously I want to have you in studio too very soon. So I'll have the producer figure out when we can get you here. And and I need to get you at, at, to Atlanta on March 24th, it sounds like. So guys, go yep. support Angela Stan King. Not only President Trump supports her, but... She supports herself, and she's not a victim. Before I let you go, Angela, I've asked everybody this. How did you choose to not be a victim? I think that we have this, this cancerous society where everybody everybody has a reason to be a victim. How do you overcome it? I really didn't have a choice. I was in one of those situations where I had made some mistakes. I was in prison. I lost my mother. I lost my grandmother. I was released from prison with a $25 check and a bus ticket. I was told, go start your life over. And I had four very young children that were solely dependent on me. And I survived because I had to. I believe that it was my ambition. It was my will to never, ever want to give up. But I'll tell you something, that experience as well, because when I was released from prison, I was denied any type of government assistance. Wow. So I couldn't get the welfare. I couldn't get the food stamps because I was a convicted felon. But that ended up being one of the best things to ever happen to me because I had to come out from up under of that safety net of welfare dependency. And I started my own publishing company, went on to being a three times national best-selling author. Today I'm here paying it forward with the help of our party. So many wonderful people on this side, President Trump, his family, my godmother, Alveda King. I'm taking this torch and I'm running with it. We're going to save lives. We're going to change lives. And in 2024, we're going to save America. Yes, I love you, Angela. I know you'll be leading the charge. All right, guys, go support Angela. Have a good one. I'll talk to you shortly. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. And once again, thank you so much, Angela, for all your work that you're doing. Bye, everybody. Bye, Angela. All right, guys, Angela Stan King. I mean, I, I listen, Auntie Angie's go support her. She's saving actual children. I just can't believe it. If somebody's watching this right now and you love abortion, I don't hate you for loving abortion, but you cannot look me in the face and not tell me that that's not a baby inside that womb that you're sucking out with a vacuum. So listen, I just want less babies sucked out of less women's uteruses. Is that too much to ask for? But we have beautiful people like Angela Stanton King fighting for the ones that can't fight for themselves. I just love Angela. I'm just so honored that she came on the show. Before we get to our next guest, remember, you got to subscribe if you want to survive. So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit the like button. Hit the bell for the notifications because you don't want to miss a single second of primetime with Alex Stein. And also, please go on Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, or leave me a one-star. I don't even care how many stars, but just leave a review so it shows it actually has some sort of engagement. Like I said, I'm trying not to get fired. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to lose my job. Just please help me. I'm begging. I'm e-begging you, please, for your support. So now we get back to the program. We have on an incredible guest. This is obviously the buffest and strongest man we've had on the program. He's not just a libertarian. He's not just a strong male visionary, but he's also an ex-athlete. And he's not afraid to call out all of the crazy wokeness in the world. Malcolm Flex, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, number one, thank you for having me, man. Mr. Primetime bumping and grind with the big booties Latinas <laughs> on his mind. Alex Stein, let's give him an applause. Bro. Wow, Malcolm Flex with a freestyle. Okay, so Malcolm, though, tell me this, though, real quick. So so give me a little bit of your backstory. You're in incredible shape. I know you're an ex-football uh, player. So kind of tell us, you know, t- would you mind tell us just a little bit of your history of, of who you are and who shaped the man I'm talking to today? Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, pretty much... Ex-collegiate athlete, as you already know, uh, raised by a family of business owners, man. I'm a pretty much just blue collar working class. Got a job in research, found out that I like science, man, uh, you know, really took it to the next level, became a researcher. Now I basically get to, uh, you know, spend my days uh, conducting research studies, man, looking over, looking over data, doing that fun stuff. But I got into politics, man, because there was just only one t- kind of flavor, you know, there wasn't a, a energy for real, you know. So it was either you, you're black and you're a victim, you're black and the whiteies got you down, or you're black and you know you slinging drugs to your community and you, you know you just da- this dangerous figure. But we're not gonna call you a coon or anything because you know you cool with us. So I really wanted to just sort of switch it up, and so I wanted to be that black guy that talked about a little bit more. So I really got into geopolitics, man. I, you know, I got into talking about public policy, you know, really influencing science and things like that just from. You know, from the shit posting app itself, Twitter. <laughs> you know, needless to say, it's uh, it's kind of become uh, one of my one of my most favorite pastimes, just uh, getting on, just shooting the breeze and saying stuff. So, no, and Ma- Malcolm, and, and, and listen, I know your your account now is like at like a little under a hundred thousand, but you've had multiple accounts deleted. I think now you're on one of your old ones, but you had accounts mm-hmm. that built up forty thousand really fast. And as a matter of fact, if you actually look at your engagement, you get much more engagement than your follower account. I believe you just had a million view video the other day. So, what is the secret? This, and I mean this earnestly, as a guy that wants viral videos, Malcolm, you make the most organic viral videos. You talking, you know, or you in front of the computer, and it's just you talking, no razzle dazzle. So I'm saying, why are you so effective in getting the message across? Is it just because you're articulate? Is it because you're black? Is it because you're a libertarian? I'm just saying, what? How? why is your message so, you know, receivable by the masses, Malcolm? All right. All right, Alex, I'm gonna let you in on this because, you know, you're right there. You you are right there. You're on the you're on the precipice. Okay. It's called having the best hair in the game. <laughs> let me no, <laughs> no, 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 I kid, I kid, man. It's just, um, you know, it's honestly just knowing how to build connections with people. And, you know, that's uh, that's something that I do fairly well. I don't come across to a lot of people as just kind of haughty, you know, uptight. I want to be more than I really am kind of guy like. I'm the same guy on Twitter as I am if you bump into me on the streets. You know, I'm going to hold the door open for you, maybe shoot the breeze, maybe talk to you a little bit. And I feel like people resonate with that. Again, I might be entirely wrong. I might just be an asshole and people just love to watch me just because, you know, (laughs) just because, you know, look at this guy saying this stuff. But for now, that's the way, you know, that's the way I see it. That's how everything's kind of moved. And, you know, every now and again, you tune in, you might get a little bit of a negative knowledge or something. But, you know, I try not to take myself too seriously. I try to make it very digestible and just something that, you know, people really who don't get the opportunity to be exposed to the sort of knowledge that, you know, you have when you do research, you know, when you understand where to look, when you're not locked behind sort of, you know, algorithmic suppression, you know, using that sort of expertise, I bring that information to people. No, you do it really in a like digestible way that is better than, uh, like I said, I had Dom Lucre on the show earlier. I love his Twitter. I'm, saying, I, I'm telling you, you are one of the best Twitter accounts, and I know that's just one of the many tools that you use, but I, I, I'm just saying that's really where you excel, and I think you you are yourself. So tell me this, so I, I got to get in shape, though. Why is everybody a soy boy? Why, why aren't we strong uh, uh, men? Is it because our testosterone is lacking, or, or is there, why, why are we all weak soy boys? Man, we have it. Look. You don't know true strength until you've had to try to one trip it with about 25 bags of groceries. You know, nowadays in the Biden economy, you can only afford about 10 bags of groceries. So the <laughs> wrist strength, you know, proportionally, you're losing wrist strength, man. Like, like you know, it's like, 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 come on, man, you know, all this turning around, shoving depression, man. It's like we can't get it. So honestly, people need strong male figures in their lives. That's the number one thing. And, you know, I know your mom's listening Alex, you know, I know, yeah, I know she's uh, she's listening, but you know, you got to have a dad in the picture. You got to have somebody that's going to teach you how to push back against adversity. And really, that's one of the main things I strive to do. You know, I'm going to automatically, you know, try to introduce adversity to my kids because I know that's going to build a stronger mind. And when your mind is a little bit stronger, you're ready to take on tougher physical challenges. 
because that's the big issue. What, you know, like what people do we have out here that are really putting themselves in adversity and then deciding, okay, you know, I like that. I like that stuff, you know, sign me up for more stuff. Let me go ahead and, you know, put these heavy weights on a plate, you know, these heavy plates and lift this stuff. Like people aren't doing that. And so, you know, that's, uh, it, it starts up here. And then from there, you can sort of reform all of this down here. I know you can't see that, but, you know, that's all my OnlyFans. But, um, <laughs> Everybody go again. join the OnlyFans. No, no, and you said it, and I, I, some people will consider you racist, but you talk about the strong father aspect. And if you look at BLM's own manuscript, they want the denuclearization of the family home. So why is that? Do you think that's one of the problems is that we don't have strong male figures in young adolescents' lives? Is it's a big aspect of it. And I mean, it's like, if you look at pop culture, man, if you look at the hypersexualization of the women, mm -hmm. you know, nowadays you got, you got mid chicks out here pretty much <laughs> looking for, looking for the top of the top, the creme de la creme that they're never going to find. And what that ends up doing is it, it reduces their opportunity to find a man that's well within their class and settle down and create a family. And then you got men out here who are literally not learning tangible skills that can allow them to have a household. And so they're just trying out here trying to date and trying to, you know, get a little bit of uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, snoo snoo action going on. And it just doesn't work. And so you don't have two elements that can come together and create a sustainable family. And then the economic aspect of it makes it even harder. You know, it's this is white, black on all sides, man. Like people cannot settle down. They can't get loans that can actually, you know, afford to buy a house in the housing market because, again, materials are going to, up too much. So then next thing you know, people are sitting up here saying, Forget it, man. I'm going to just sleep around, live on my mom's couch, go crash and try to, uh, you know, get a little bit of sex and, you know, just call it a day. And then let's not even get, you know, let's not even talk about the uh, climate activists telling us that, you know, don't have kids, don't do all this. So then you add BLM into the mix and you uh, throw them into the black community and they're all preaching all this extreme black power. Like you don't need no man, black girl magic and all that. You know, there's nothing wrong with black girl magic. At the same time, the real magic of a woman is being able to, to produce light. Yeah. So, you know, you're basically telling these women, <laughs> you don't need no man. You know, you don't need to have a household. You don't need to create a family and rear the next generation. And the kids that do come out, what inspiration do they have? Nothing. They don't know, you know, they don't know, they don't know how to be men. So the next thing you know, when they get hit by the adversity, which is mounting up because of the economy and all the aforementioned issues, they're turning tailing and running. You know, they're not going to sit there in adversity and try to fight through it because they don't know how to be men. They don't have that in there. You know, it's like an old saying that we always said, you know, I don't blame you. I blame your overhead. Like it's <laughs> whoever is who, who teaches you, like who is really responsible for raising you. Like a mom's good, but there's a lot that she can't do. And when she's got to be the daddy financially, like what else? You know, what more do you want to ask for? No, you're really you're really spitting the facts. OK, we got to let you go. But before I let you go, you know, I love your libertarian perspective on stuff. So tell me this by giving uh, Vladimir Zelensky one hundred and twelve billion dollars. How does that help the black community that are struggling? <laughs> well, you see, man, uh, you know, Zelensky, he uh, he's got these houses out there in Miami. You know, I hear I hear he likes to throw these nice parties. So maybe, you know, he's going to simulate the black economy by going by, uh, you know, host some rappers and they're going to go out there. And, so that's okay, how he's going to do it. Malcolm, got, he's going to throw a party. Nothing, you can't even make it up. A creative guy like you, a researcher, a brilliant man like you can't even make up a good reason why we're giving so much money to Ukraine. You know, it doesn't make sense. OK, Malcolm, before I let you go, tell the people where they can find you and how they can support you. All right. Go ahead and look. Uh, do a quick little search on your little Twitter web app and uh, look for at Malcolm Flex 48. Oh, look, there it is. There it is. Yeah, you can find me right there. Also, you can visit my website, www.flexyoursuccess.com. I still got to add some more links and stuff. You know, I'm still sort of behind on that. Also, if you want to get big and strong, get some adequate protein source. Go right now to www.bigclubusa. Use promo code FLEX. Get 20% off your jerky order. Put it on auto ship. Okay, because it's about an economy, man. You don't know when you're going to need some meat. You don't want to eat the bugs. You want real meat. So put yeah. on auto ship. That's quality protein, bro. Well, if you guys want to get big and badass like Malcolm Flex, go follow that diet. Hey, we showed your pictures. You're a beast. You know it. All right, dude. Thank you for coming on the show. We'll talk soon. Have a good one, my friend. You take it easy, brother. All right, guys. This has been 
the primetime 99 Alex Stein celebration of Black History Month. Now, I know some people might be triggered, but you shouldn't be triggered. What you should do is you should spread that love and you should not be a victim. We learned that from all of our guests today. They all had an excuse to be a victim and none of them chose to do it because they're all pimps on blimps. And you know, I'm Primetime 99, the number one pimp on a blimp. And we end every show the same way with a freestyle. But today's a little different. I got my wife's boyfriend. You know who it is. You know. Don Terry, yes, on the screen. And you know, I'm acting so mean. And you know, my skin ain't green. And you know, I rap like a fiend. High on crack. I don't really care if you're white or black. It's time to attack Don Terry, yes, in the back. You know, I'm always smoking crack. Yo, I am prime time. And you know, I'm grand and shine. Don Terry is bent over my wife. And he makes me have a better life. So thank you so much, Don Terry. I love you. Thank you for all the love and support you give my wife, Donnie. I love you. You're the number one Donnie. Don